You're listening to Process with Broads and D-Ray. What is going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Processed. And before you know it here, we are going to actually have some exhibition games to break down. It seems like next week that will be in play. But until then, we'll dive more into Ben Simmons shooting some threes because is it possible that this organization, Brett Brown, Ben Simmons himself, putting too much pressure on Ben to start knocking down some threes because of all these videos that are popping out on the Twitter sphere. And it also seems like the intensity is very high. And it also seems like Ben and Joel are on the same page and clicking when it comes to the four and the five and out there together on the court. So a lot to dive into. But as always, D-Ray, your weekend, how was it? Great, bro. It was great, man. I was chilling. This was this is one of the common ones. Keep it honest. Like I was just went out my bike a little bit, went to the city. It was relaxing. How about you? I I know you got into it with some white claws this weekend. If I got into it, I mean, I had a good time. Yeah, I had a two. It did not. It did not go as planned. It was supposed to be there. You know, have some casuals with the friends, and then you go on and do your own thing. But it turned into a two thirty a.m concert in the basement screaming country tunes waking up hungover sunday can't get out of bed till 3 p.m and then i sat on that damn couch all day from that point on and i don't really do that anymore that part of my life is over i don't do the 2 30 a.m lifestyles where i'm so hung the next day i can't even move i hated it to be honest with you i woke up thinking damn it broads damn it but it happened. It was a fun time, right? I mean, the little concert in the basement. Everyone was screaming so loud. Surprised the cops sounds, didn't come. I about to say, that sounds hectic. I see you got your Phillies cap on. So yesterday was a good day for you. I got to be honest. I didn't watch. I don't, I don't want to bullshit nobody. But how'd that go? I sat down and watched all 10 innings. They went 10 innings for no reason at all. They just want to get people more work. One of the innings mm. had one out. The other inning had four outs, so it had that summer scrimmage vibe to it. But I'll be honest with you, I have my notebook. I'm like, all right, Zach Wheeler, curveball's a little off tonight. I, look, I just like the players have their exhibition game to get back into the flow, when it comes to breaking down games, I need to get back into my flow as well. It's been, what, four months since I've done it? So this is the spring training 2.0 for Broads to get back into things. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You on your grizzly. You on your grizzly. Oh, man. Yep. Ten innings of summer 2.0 baseball. Isn't that just a beautiful thing? Sounds riveting. I know it does, baby. (laughs) You know what else sounds riveting? Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons shooting a three-pointer. By the way, this is our 25th episode. And it's Ben Simmons' birthday. The only thing screwing this up is he turns 24 and not yeah, 25. Yeah, yeah, and not 25. I saw it. I was like, I, I went to do I was looking at my phone a second ago like, ah, shit, it's only the 24. He's a young boy. My God. Yeah, and half this city wants him out of here. Ridiculous. The BS. Yeah, I know. Trust the process, y'all. Yep. So, look. There's been more videos of him taking these nonchalant fadeaway threes in the corner and just a lot going on. And when you think about what has happened throughout the past week with moving him off the ball and the Sixers media team putting together a video and he's shooting threes in practice and Brett Brown speaking highly of him doing it and teammates speaking highly of him doing it. 
do you think it's possible that the Sixers are putting too much pressure on him to do it at this point? Or is this what they need to do? Because let's be realistic. If you do what you've been doing throughout the last couple years, that hasn't worked, right? Being quiet hasn't worked. So being super aggressive about it, is that the right mentality approaching Orlando? I don't know. I don't I got to be honest with you. I didn't even think about that angle in the sense of they're putting it out there because, you know, they're trying to put pressure on him. Like I could imagine he's taking threes before in practice, but I I don't know, bro. That's that's a funny situation. If they are doing that, I think that's kind of that sounds like a recipe for a backfire. You know what I mean? Like you don't force somebody into doing something on one two by releasing it. But I got a feeling if it's happening that much that he's okay with it. So it's one of those things like it's coming. It's coming. I, I think he's actually about to get to the point. Probably through these exhibition games, he'll probably try it out and see where he's at with it. But like I said, bro, that's a that's a funny situation. If that's what they, if that's how they moving, that's I don't like that. Like that's kind of shysty. You know what I mean? But I, I can imagine this for the sake of just being like, listen, he's about to start taking. Them. Yeah, I can't imagine them doing all this without actually speaking to him. Or, you know what, maybe they did, but here's the thing. These players and the coaching staff and the media team who shoots the videos all the time, they probably see him do this literally every day. So to them, Mm. it's not a big deal. Like, they have seen Ben Simmons knock down threes and do what he does from behind the arc all the time. So they probably don't even look at it as a big deal. It's us, the people who react because we don't know what's going on behind the scenes, that Mm. look at it as a bigger deal than what it is to them inside the locker room. Facts, facts. So hold up. So what, what would you rather? Because I got to be honest, I it, now thinking about that scenario, I would rather it be for the sake of them taking it, not for the sake of them putting pressure on him. But I kind of feel like you feel like, nah, put pressure on him. Like make him kind of force the issue. I'm not against it because, as I stated, they've been quiet for a long time. And mm. Brett has been open about it. After he knocked down that one three-pointer, it was ev- it was either against the Cavs when he did it or it was the second time he hit it throughout the regular season. But Brett Brown said, I want him to do this. I want him to shoot at least one three-pointer a game because he was feeling it in the moment. He just saw him hit one in real action. So we thought maybe if he did that, that would push him to do it and that didn't really work either and it's backfired no doubt to all the Brett Brown haters out there that love utilizing that quote to say that he should be fired because he lost the locker room but I digress I just think at at this point I understand that sitting there and not putting pressure on him doesn't work so what the hell do it I mean here's another thing though to factor into the equation there was a video that Ben Simmons put up on his YouTube channel and in that video Someone was talking to him about the three-point shooting, and he said, Orlando. And when he said that, they were talking about the threes and when people are going to see it. He's like, Orlando. So now he's even coming out and saying it. So that, if I'm the coaching staff, I think that allows me to even push it farther because, hey, Ben, you said it too. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right, all right. So I, I get that. I get that. If you're saying that that's the that's the way they're going, then I get that. Especially if he went and said, I'm going to start taking them in Orlando. It's like, don't bullshit us. Don't mean you were going to take them in a practice gym in Orlando. Don't mean you're going to take them in the exhibition game in Orlando. Tell us you're taking them in Orlando because you're actually going to shoot and y'all start playing Orlando. So I get that. But like I said, it's just, I don't know. You know how it is with those players. Like, it seems to be a very fragile thing when it comes to pushing them. I mean, shit, let's look at the last couple of years pushing them in the direction. Joe Embiid has been very vocal in the sense that he wanted them to shoot threes. Like you said, Brett Brown has said publicly he wants him to shoot threes. So to me, it's like to force a guy like that kind of out 
and make him shoot him to me sounds like some shit that will backfire but like you're saying if he said on his youtube channel listen i'm going to shoot him in orlando then it's like all right keep your word so in that sense i dig i'm, I'm on your side now. i'm on your side my fault bro i just had to had to get that cleared up you're allowed to take the other side. I think that makes it even better, right? I want you to take the other side. Now, maybe you take the other side when I tell you this. I have a bet with Mike Gill, and this bet is that Ben Simmons, it doesn't have to make it. He just has to take them. In the eight regular season games that will be played before the postseason starts, Ben Simmons, over or under, four and a half threes taken. I have the under. He has the over. They just have to be taken. It doesn't have to be made. He thinks Ben will take over five, five or more three-pointers in those eight games. Who do you think will win this bet? I'm going with Gil. Come on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I hate, I, now, I, you're just I didn't... doing that now because you feel bad for <laughs> actually coming to my senses on the last day. <laughs> no, 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 man. I said, you know, when I call it, I, nine times out of ten, I, I take your side. The white socks with the white shoes. Fuck it. I'm with it. <laughs> the throwback jerseys. Fuck it. I'm with it. This jersey with the sleeves. I'm with you. Nine times out of 10. I'm with you, bro. This is the 10. I got to be honest. If they have that many games, I see him taking more than five threes. Like you said, not making, but taking. I see him taking more than five threes. All right. Here's where I'll throw in my philosophy. One, I have been heartbroken by these videos before. That's number okay. one. Number okay. two. It's a, it's a bias. Number two. Load management in eight games that don't really mean much. And maybe there's a possibility where he doesn't even play, right? Maybe there's a chance, hey, look, these games don't matter. I don't want him to get injured. We'll sit him. So maybe he doesn't play the full eight games, which goes to my favor. Number three, if he starts out 0 for 3 from behind the arc, is he afraid to go again? Is it going to be a time where he's like, damn, you know what? I'm not making them. I think I'm not confident enough. I'm going to stop taking the threes. And then, bang, Broads wins. And the winner wins a six-pack of beer. So, it's nothing crazy. Okay. But, you know, it's a nice okay, right. friendly wager. That's a, good, that's, that's a good bet. Number one, like I said, you have a bias. So, we have to weigh that in. I get that. I get that. I get that. Number two, I don't see how he doesn't play. Maybe not in all eight of these games but at least a good five or six because he was out uh, at the end of the regular season when it ended before coronavirus hit. And he definitely 100% has to get his legs back up under him against other competition. So I definitely see him playing in that before they go into those eight regular season games. I mean, those uh, those exhibition games and playoffs. So I definitely see him playing in that. And then number three is just like, bro, I would hope that he would have the confidence to get the misses out the way now to make them in the, like people always say that I hear coaches like listen miss them now so you can make them in the game and it sounds as backwards like well if I'm missing now why would I make but it's like get the jitters out take them now if he's really going to shoot them I guarantee he's going to go into it like I'm just throwing this joint up and if it goes in cool but if it doesn't I really have to have short-term memory and get back on defense and try it again when I have another opportunity so I don't see that way in there like well, I said bro well, I no, gotta I, go with Gil. look look I think that makes sense <laughs> in theory but in yeah. theory, does it make sense with Ben Simmons shooting jump shots? So, here's my counter to that. First, you mentioned maybe he plays five or six games instead of the eight. Well, now you're saying he's got to take one a game. I don't know if he's got to take one a game. I mean, that's absurd based off of what I've seen to this point. And then you mentioned getting the jitters out. And if he does miss a couple, then, hey, you shoot another one because you'll see it go in. When he did make one, 
He made one and then stopped. Like, he made one. You would think after he made one against the Cavs that he's, he's playing with him. house money. Hey, if I miss the next one, who gives a damn because they already made one? But no. So, in theory, doesn't even make sense when we talk about this individual. Moral of the story he's just is, backwards. I'm winning my bet. <laughs> it's backwards. It's a little backwards. It's a, a little backwards. My counter argument is that because he made that one, didn't take any. Now he'll miss one and take more. No, oh, you're full of shit. You're, <laughs> you're full of shit. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm, I'm messing with you now. I'm messing with you. Now, now. I don't think you are. I don't think you are. <laughs> All right, you ready for this? Because I like this. Yes, I sir. like I like this right here. I We're saw Serena on. Winters tweet this out, and she was talking about what Josh Richardson said. And Josh Richardson was talking about practice and said it got a little chippy. And she also stated that everyone has said that it has been high competition in practice. And what I love about that is it just shows the commitment to these players that, you know, this matters. This really does matter. And it scared me a bit when the players were talking about entering the bubble. Joel Embiid seemed like maybe it wasn't the best thing to do. Shake Milton said the same. Mike Scott was on that page as well. So I just questioned... Were they checked in mentally the right way that they needed to when it comes to competing? Mm -hmm. And these type of practices shows me, hey, once they're on the court, and this is something we alluded to, maybe once they got on the court, things would flow properly. But once they get on the court, that chippiness is back, and that means they care. Yes, yes, yes. And that's that's important. That chippiness, that grit, whatever the hell you want to call it, uh, a high competitive practice where guys are backing down, like that shit just make guys better. You know what I mean? Like iron sharpens iron. I, I think people expect practices sometimes to be, hold on, first of all, sidebar, when you said she asked about practice, I 100% thought an AI joke was coming. And I was about to say, God damn it, let it die. <laughs> but, I didn't but, even think about it, honestly. Yeah, when you like, and she talked to him about practice, I was like, oh, here we go. Here we go with this Here shit. comes like the stupid, cliche, oh, standard joke. What's no, talking dude, about is that what I? Is that what I, come on, is that what you think of me? The standard. No, not you. That's a, no, no. I thought you were saying. I thought you were saying he had one. I thought you were saying he had one. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. I apologize. You got me all yeah, fired up this morning, dude. Go nah, ahead. Nah, Continue. Nah, my man. My man. My Continue. man. My man. But I, uh, no, no, man. That chippiness in practice is great because that that level, like I said, iron sharpens iron. So if that bar just keeps getting raised, that level of competition keeps going up. You got guys just getting better, getting better, not backing down. The thing that's most exciting about that is what happens when y'all take that energy as a team that y'all been putting towards each other and put it against somebody else. Now, at Villanova, did you ever have one of those practice fights where it was a good scrum and, oh, 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 you got you got Jay Wright coming in with the whistle to break some stuff up? Like, did you ever have one of those moments? Uh, not to the point where somebody physically threw punches. I, I don't think the Sixers are talking about that. But, no, no I at, I'm just curious. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah, we we had, but we had some times. We had some times where it was just like, we had some times where he just stopped practice because <laughs> it was like y'all are gonna hurt each other. Wow! Yeah. All right, <laughs> yeah. all right. We had a few of those. We've had times where we got kicked out for other reasons, um, and for the most part, every practice, one of those practices where it's like, especially I'm in my sophomore year, the first team was Ryan Arsdiakno, Daniel Chefu, Dylan Ennis, Darren Hilliard, and Javon Pinkston. The second team was me, Chris Jenkins, Josh Hart, Phil Booth, and Mikael Bridges. And every damn day, 
you thought somebody was going to fight because the amount of shit talking it took place. But that it just it makes it makes the game so much better. And then when you get out there, like I said, now when y'all are all wearing the same color and y'all go out there and play as somebody else, they don't stand a chance. So I'm all for it. Get chippier. Somebody punch somebody in the fucking mouth. If that's what it takes for this team to get over the hump, I am for it. Well, I, I remember my first college practice. This was actually during, like, I don't know if you guys had this at Villanova, but your captain practices before um, you're allowed yeah. to actually go out on the court. Like, there's a set date where the coach has to or can't be on the court and all that. So it was, like, my first captain's practice. And here's yeah. – Three fights. I mean, they're dropping the gloves. And the coach is there, but he's not there. Like, he's just walking he's around upstairs. the ring. Yeah, checking some things out. Maybe on the computer, but he's obviously taking a peek out on the ice. And, and I mean, guys are dropping the gloves, punching each other in the face. And you got blood out the nose. And then, you know, hey, they go to their bench and they're out next shift. And I'm thinking, like, you know, this is unbelievable. I, did, <laughs> what did I just have, get into? <laughs> dude, I had one career fight, all right? Did I tell you this story before? I feel like I have. No, but I, I need to hear it now. Ah, oh, damn it. I had one career fight. Mm -hmm. It was the worst experience of my life. <laughs> I always had this dream where I I punch someone in the face like seven times clean. The fight's over. I fix my elbow pads. I slick my hair back. I give one of these to the crowd as I go to the penalty box, right? You know, just like some huge, mm -hmm. exciting moment. It couldn't have been any worse it couldn't have been more of the opposite so i have a video i'll send it to you maybe i can implement it somehow into the video part of the podcast so i go for a punch right i totally miss the punch and then as i miss the first punch here comes his fist who hits me square in the fucking nose i drop instantly i can't see a damn thing blood is pouring out my nose i'm just I'm, I'm like hugging the ice right now, and I'm asking the ref, like, uh, how bad is it? He's like, bro, it's always shit. Because the referees know the players in the league. Bro, get get the hell off the ice, dude. I'm like, oh, oh Jesus shit. Christ. So here I'm, I'm in the <laughs> locker room. I got chopsticks in my nose. They're ripping my nose back into place. At oh the time, we were, we were up 3-1. Big momentum switch for the other team. They come back and tie <laughs> the game. Three to three, and I'm like, this is the worst case scenario ever. My nose is touching my cheek, but thank God the boys end up winning in overtime. So now it's a good laugh because oh, we still shit. got the win. Oh, dude. Oh, oh dude. I was fucking. No, no. I fought I fought someone who was experienced fighting, though. I'm not experienced fighting. Hockey fights are oh. different. It's very technique with where you got to grab on the jersey. No, I, know, I mean, it's, I it's, no, it's no street fight. I mean, this is an intense. You got to know what you're doing when you hold the other person's shoulder pads. You, they can't swing. And clearly, I don't know what the fuck I was doing. But, hey, I did Bro. it. Bro, that is top. Oh, five. yeah. Like, I just imagine, like. Like you said, like when you swung, dude, like the dude, and like you just miss his face, dude. and then the record scratch, and it's like, yep, the way <laughs> that's me. <Yeah. laughs> You're probably wondering how I got here, right? <laughs> dude, oh shit, yeah, it was bad. The video I have, it's not like great quality by any means, but um. Yeah, I'll see if I can God. find it and throw it up. It was it was something. But anyway, back I to some basketball. That. Yeah, no, me too. Me too. Oh, uh, I just remember seeing that fist come towards me. <laughs> it happened so fast. Anyway, Fuck. let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about some more basketball <laughs> stuff because 
Joel Embiid, Brett Brown stated this. Brett Brown uh-huh. said Joel Embiid came up to him and said that the togetherness and the camaraderie created by the bubble environment is just outstanding. And I was saying that Tobias Harris seemed to really step up when it came to those Zoom meetings, when it came mm-hmm. to keeping everyone together, and really the Black Lives Matter movement. I know he was very vocal about that with his teammates and Brett stated this too. When it came to those meetings at times, it was 1% basketball, 99% social issues. And mm-hmm. Tobias was definitely one of the big leaders when it came to that. But an interesting name popped up as well when it came to this togetherness. And that's Kyle O'Quinn. And he is mm-hmm. that typical veteran leader that you think about when it comes to the bench. Yeah, I, I like Kyle O'Quinn. I like Kyle O'Quinn. You would, uh, you, I completely forgot about the comparison, but you said it before we hopped on air. Like, the way I said the Heat kind of need that Udonis Haslam type character where a guy who he's not going to be in there at the most of crunch times, but he's going to play enough for, let's call it what it is, for people to respect his opinion. But he's also going to be on the bench enough to kind of have a coach's perspective. And that kind of pseudo role I was talking about Al Horford taking. I like the idea of Kyle O'Quinn being that guy. He's a journeyman in the league. You know, he's been around enough teams. He's seen enough basketball. And he seems like a guy that people just naturally gravitate towards for just advice. He's like a real, like, he's a, he's a good dude. You know what I mean? And, and if that's his role on this team of just being that, that kind of OG guy that gives a lot of people game, then I'm completely for it. That's crazy. I, I was expecting Al Horford to, to, for you to say that at the end of that. So Kyle O'Quinn in that role might actually be better because then that allows Al Horford to kind of, you know, alleviate them pressures. Absolutely, yeah. That Horford veteran leadership thing just did not work out as I expected to. Unless behind closed doors, it's a lot different. But it seems like Tobias is being that guy, and it does seem like mm-hmm. now Cairo Quinn might be that guy. And hey, maybe Al Horford does some things that we don't know from behind the scenes, and maybe he's adding that to his game now that the reset button was hit. But it's interesting to hear him say that the bubble environment is creating this togetherness. Like, I've had teams where we're still brothers to this day, and I had teams where, quite frankly, that locker room just flat out fucking sucked and everyone hated each other. And I can only imagine that going through something like this with the core group of guys would only bring you together. Yeah, I was about to say, the whole bubble bringing us closer together thing, I was... I didn't mean to be a smart ass. I was like, yeah, and also in other news, water's wet. Like, duh. Like, it should it should bring y'all together. But once again, beggars can't be choosers. I can't ask for this team to come together and have camaraderie. And then when it happens, I'm just a smart ass about it. So if that's what John B. feels though had to happen for them to get closer together. More power to more bubble. Just bubble for the rest of the damn careers. I don't care. That's <laughs> I will a joke. Say. That's a joke. That is a joke. That is a joke. <laughs> I will say, when I do hear things like this, very similar to how I felt when Joel Embiid said that he was working out six days a week or whatever. Like, I'm happy that you're doing it, but I bet you LeBron's doing six, if not seven. I bet you all these other players, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, like all of the players around the league are doing it too. That's not to take away from what you're doing because I'm excited you're doing that, but uh, so is everybody else. So this bubble bringing the Sixers together, guess what? So the Celtics are as well, and so are the Milwaukee Bucks, and so are the Lakers. Exactly. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Great. It's more power to you. But like you said, it's like everybody's doing that. But I think the, the beauty of it is the Sixers aren't those teams. And they did what they did in previous seasons and this season without it. So maybe that's that last little bit they need. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I'm trying to look at the glass half full. Like I said, Joe and Beat, I'm at the point where it's like put up or shut up. I just kind of don't want to hear it. I want to see it. But 
if that means these guys are coming closer together, if that's what he feels though it's going to take, if Kyle Quinn being a, a, a veteran presence in the locker room is, is going to make things happen, if Ben Simmons shooting threes is going to get them over that hump. Whatever it takes, every little thing that can make this team better from a laugh at a lunch table, you know, before a, a film session to a, I don't know, a 2K session in Matisse Thibault's room or some shit. Whatever it takes for this team to get better, I'm with it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. With this team, it does seem like the togetherness is a little bit more important than, say, other teams, just because that vibe was not right when things were going on normally. The vibe was off. The frustration set in. The fans and the players were going head-to-head with each other. I mean, it was a very awkward feel. So with that being said... The togetherness with this team might mean more than, say, against the Bucks, who seem like, look, they were already so good and so together that their little added bonus, how much more would that separate them from what they once were, if that makes sense? I was about to say, they might get sick of each other faster, if anything. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it is what it is. Like, it's, it's a blessing in disguise. If them being in that close, like, you know, proximity of each other, make sure that they, like, they just keep gelling because that shit's built like, you know, this bro, like anybody who plays sports at a high level knows this, like that type of shit. Like you said earlier, that locker room experience that spills over onto the floor. So if y'all are cool there, I ain't saying y'all going to go out there and win. And everybody's going to be good because y'all kumbaya in the locker room. But if y'all can get on the same page in the locker room, that makes things on the floor happen that much faster. And Lord knows that's what this team needs. Shit. That might save Brett Brown's job, man. It is possible, yeah. This move in general that he did with Ben Simmons and Shake Milton, it could save his job. And it's interesting because Shake Milton, Josh Richardson, Tobias Harris, Ben Simmons, Mm -hmm. and Joel Embiid has never, never played on the floor floor together at all this season, which is absolutely insane. And here we are being optimistic, not just me and you, a lot of Sixers faithful out there, very optimistic about this team being able to make a run and this new move could possibly be what gives this team some momentum and some spark, and they have never played together. You can look at it one of two ways. One, it's great because nobody else has seen it, so there's not a lot of film on it, so maybe that can get you by teams. Or two, how can you possibly expect Expect them to go out and dominate if they haven't been able to do it before. They're professionals. I'm going with one. You know what I mean? I, I really hope a lot of people feel that way too. Like, listen, figure it out. You know what I mean? Like, y'all get paid X amount of dollars for shit like that to not be in a question. The same way that a guy gets traded halfway through the season, you show up to a new team. Jimmy Butler talked about this. And in a matter of two to three days, they expect you to know the playbook and know the offensive and defensive schemes is the same way that I would expect these guys to go out on the floor. And just, I'm not saying this shit got to look like, you know what I mean? They're the Lakers back in the day. They got like, they've been playing together for 20 years, but it should, it shouldn't be a problem. I guess the best way to put it. Did you see what happened with Jimmy Butler dribble in the basketball in this hotel room? Oh yeah. Dude, uh, did, did you, what are you going to go say? Ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. I saw ahead. this. Uh, I saw the, it was a guy from CBS sports and he was like the bubble hotline. And he was like making all these phone calls. And one of them was like, it was one of them. He was like, you said somebody's deadlifting their room at 3 a.m. You said somebody's dribbling across the ballroom floor at five in the morning. You said somebody's been doing pushups for a half an hour. And he like hangs up and was like, get me Jimmy Butler's number. Like, <laughs> I, was just like, I was like, all right, I get it. Everybody's in on it. Everybody's yeah, in on it. I, I got to yeah, show you this clip. Bro. Yeah, I, I saw one where it said Jimmy Butler called on himself 
so he could tell people that he was working out. Like another way for him to be able to tell everyone, hey, look, I work out at 3 a.m. But he then said, hey, I think somebody's dribbling right up above me. Oh, yeah, I'm in room this. So then people are like, go to that room, and it's Jimmy Butler. Oh, I didn't expect you to come in here. Oh, I was just dribbling. Me? Oh, so- sorry, it's 2.30. I was just dribbling. Yeah, my fault. I was getting better. It's like, get yeah. the hell out of yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just pour- poured water all over his face so it looked like he was sweating and his T-shirt was drenched. <laughs> I love how we have it in our heads that Jimmy Butler is like a fraud for like the rest of day, oh, like to the end of time. Oh, After that practice thing, it was over. He is a fraud, but at the same time, we love him and we respect everything about his mentality, but he is a fraud at the same time. It's possible to be both, and he is one. So going back to the lineup, I mentioned how the starting five has never played together at all, but if you look at what was on the floor together, the closest thing to it, Shake Milton, Tobias Harris, Ben Simmons, and Joel Embiid was on the floor together for 199 possessions. And of those 199, 121 of them was with Al Horford. And that's very mm-hmm. important because the Al Horford spacing with Ben and Joel Embiid clearly didn't work. So with Al Horford in the mix, they had very poor offensive rating and an average defensive efficiency. If you took away Al Horford with that with those uh three play four players then they had a great offensive rating but the problem is you're talking about a handful of possessions just under 80 so it's not like it's a big window do you take anything out of that or is this just a totally new unique style of play taking Ben off the ball where nothing else really matters and you can't correlate what happened earlier in the season to what's going to happen now I don't take I take it with a grain of salt on the offensive end of the floor on defense. I feel like you can't ignore those numbers because at the end of the day, Ben Simmons being on the ball has nothing to do with it except the morale on the floor. You know what I mean? So, no, I I think this is something to be kind of looked at. Like you said, it's only a handful of possessions, so you don't want to feed into it too much. But at the same time, there's something to be said. I mean, you know how I feel about Al Horford. Like, no offense to him. Hell of a player, but to me, on this team, he's a spurt player. He should be a guy who's used in spurts. I don't like the idea of him being out there consistently with this scheme. But this scheme with Shake Milton being a point guard might be something completely different. It might be a way that kind of implements Al Horford that's not as bad, that's not as up and down as it is when Ben Simmons has the ball at the point. But ah, I, I, I gotta, I can't take a grain of salt on that when it comes to that defensive end of the floor. That's to me is serious. Right. No, I agree with you. It definitely does show something. But in terms of just a whole new refresh button, a whole new start, working in some new things, I'm not totally ignoring the numbers. I think that there is value to it. Taking out Horford off shows you offensively the spacing is so much different that it changes completely. I mean, these numbers are so different when Al Horford was with those players and when he wasn't with those players so with that being said you know it leaves me intrigued that even though it was a small amount of possessions maybe there is something there when it comes to the spacing and shake Milton providing a little bit more from the three-point line and versatility we keep talking about what shake Milton, what shake Milton can do offensively but what do you think he's going to be like on the defensive side of the floor do you think he'll just be average and be able to hold his own or do you think at times maybe he's a problem uh, I, I say average and hold his own just because that that two guard position. I mean that two guard slash point guard position what he has to defend night in and night out. That's I remember like it was a guy who I used to play with. He would always say like when you think about it, the hardest position in the NBA is the at this point the combo guard, but that point guard position. And for who he's sticking night in and night out, CP three, 
Russell Westbrook, um, you know, shit, LeBron, if he's pushing a point, or Rondo, if he's out there, well, if Rondo's hurt. You know, it's like, it's a million guys who just... Kemba Walker. It's like, yeah, exactly. Kemba Walker, like, you don't get a break at that position. And I don't see him going out there and just strapping guys up this early in his career. Right. I Eric Bledsoe, another name. Like, I'm just thinking of the yeah. Eastern Conference right now. He might have yeah, a tough yeah, yeah. time. Yeah, bro. I don't I don't see I, – I see him needing some help. But the the beauty of this lineup being as lanky as they is, is you get past him, you're not necessarily right at the basket or freed up because you have – what is it? three guys in the lineup who are 6'10". You know what I mean? Or, or at least 6'10". So, like, that's that space and that on defense eats up the floor. Like, that is a completely different look, except, you know, uh, if you had a guy who's, oh, he's 6'7", oh, he's 6'6", at the two, and he's 6'8", at the three. Like, no, if you have your power forward, center, and small forward all at 6'8", shit, Tobias Harris, 6'8". So you pretty much have everybody on the floor besides Shake Milton being 6'8", or above. You get past him, but that don't necessarily mean you get in the bucket. Absolutely. And there was actually a lineup that Brett Brown spit out at the media that he's intrigued by. And this would be when Joel Embiid is on the on the bench, which is going to be anywhere from 10 to 15 minutes or so. It's Ben Simmons running the point with Furkan Korkmaz, Matisse Thibel, Tobias, and Al Horford. I talked about defense with Shake Milton. I think you're going to have a short leash on Furkan Korkmaz, but yes. he deserves an opportunity, and if he can grab it and do what he can do offensively, then he deserves to stay out there. But I don't mind that lineup for a limited amount of run. But, hey, look, Ben Simmons back at the point guard position for that rotation if Brett Brown decides to actually utilize it. Yeah, no, it's a game of runs. It's a game of runs. So it's like that doesn't have to be the, the – the five that's out there all 48 minutes. But if you get a good spurt, like you said, Furkan gets that opportunity. He goes out there and crushes for those couple of minutes or he gets a cut. Yeah, he gets beat once or twice, but he gives you a solid nine points and it's like, shit, we'll take that. You broke even. You ain't break even. You had five. You know what I mean? Technically, because you gave up four, you had nine. Like, that's how I think they got to look at it. Like, what do we are? Right, we looking at what we giving up. What are we getting? And if you're not getting more than you're giving up or you're breaking even, then that's when it just becomes an issue. Right, and keep in mind, this this would be limited amount of time because this is when Embiid's on the bench, and they already talked about exactly. how they're shooting for 38 minutes, but that's an important 10 to 12 minutes. I mean, you can tell that that could be a difference in the game. When Joel Embiid left last year, it was an absolute dumpster fire when it came to that position. So those 10 to 12 minutes in a playoff series, that could be the difference in winning or losing the game. So we'll have to see how it all plays out. Absolutely. All right, so I, I think we'll end it on this note right here. Here's a quote from Brett Brown talking about the connection between Ben and Joel when they're playing the four and five position. Apparently, the big, big relationship is on another level at the moment. So this is what he said. You could see sort of like that big, big relationship. High-low Duckins. Joel would be posted. Ben would play peekaboo at a low zone on the other side of the floor. Come down and trail. We throw it to Joe, and a rim-run guy would dunk in. It's crazily obvious when talking about the mentality of finding each other. Does that get your juices flowing or what? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because that's damn near unstoppable, especially if Ben Simmons is comfortable taking that little elbow jumper. You know what I mean? Or popping those. Like you say, he's practicing those clips. Like not all of them were three. Some of them were a little bit closer in. But if you got a guy at that, that top of the key area who's like, listen, I can even throw it over to a John B who's seven two. So who the hell is taking the ball from him at that position? All you can really do is follow him. 
or let him just get the bucket because you can't hack a Shaq because he shoots too good of a free throw. And then the guy at the elbow isn't scared to shoot. Like, you almost can't do anything with that. The only thing you can do is try to keep the ball out the middle. And let's be honest, it's the NBA. That doesn't happen. I'm just laughing because when Brett Brown speaks, you know that there's a dictionary for Brett Brown. He has his own dictionary of words. When I read you that quote, do do you laugh at some of the words that he uses to describe what's happening? Uh, A little bit. It sounds a little cheesy. It It sounds a little cheesy, but I'm used used to it at this point. I I mean, he's a politician. The breadisms. He's got his own damn dictionary, <laughs> dude. It's just funny, you know. I mean, I just think he uses some words sometimes, and when I hear him speak, I'm thinking, "Oh, Brett, you know, this is just so Brett at times." Yeah, yeah. That quote he, but he's a good Brett guy. He's a, oh, of course, he's a good guy. So you, know? you, so you, you know. Yeah, yeah. You're like, ah, right, look, he's got a good heart, but he is a little yeah. corny at times. Yeah, just a smidge. Just a smidge. <laughs> But there you have it. Here's another episode of Processed in the Books. Happy birthday to Ben Simmons. Hopefully that relates to hitting three-pointers in Orlando. Why would that correlate? I have no idea at all. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time.